Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to Dragged Out. I'm Joseph Shepard, and each week we dive into one-on-ones with some of your favorite queens who just so happen to go home a little bit early on RuPaul's Drag Race. Today's guest is Chicago Excellence, who can beat the hell out of a face. And most of you know her from season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race. Please welcome Layla McQueen. How are you doing? Hi. I'm so much better now that I'm here. Right? And that I have this Red Bull inside my body. <laughs> are, are you the type of person who's like a very like, you need the energy, you need the caffeine? As of lately, absolutely. After this year, yes. <laughs> This year has been shit. <laughs> That's putting it mildly, but she's a Pfizer girl now. It's time for hot Pfizer girl summer. Yes. So, so you're fully vaxxed. Absolutely. How does that feel? I couldn't get it inside my body soon enough. You were like, <laughs> give it to me. Seriously, all these people that were like, oh, I don't want the government tracking me. I'm like, bitch, I have an iPhone and I haven't left my house for a year. If someone wants to find me, they'll find me. <laughs> Yeah. How long actually have you been doing drag? When was the first time you got into it? So as of this June, next month, it'll be 10 years of me working in bars officially in 12 years of me, like going to house parties and like playing with makeup and wearing dresses like in secret, secret. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. I want you to say like, what was it like going to house parties two years before you started doing like in public? Like, what was that like? It was great because I was the center of attention and I was the funnest one. (laughs) In my own mind, anyways. (laughs) We're looking at like 12 years ago compared to now. What is your drag evolution? I've become very weathered. (laughs) Oh, my drag, my drag. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) I've just become like I have become more realized in the things I like because also like dressing up as house parties and like playing around, you like don't know what you're doing. So you're just kind of like fucking around and whatever. And then like when I performed in bars, I grew up in the like coast of Massachusetts in a very small town. And then I went to school in New Hampshire, even though it was like a city in New Hampshire. New Hampshire is not a very like progressive state. So even when I was like working at bars and stuff then, it wasn't until really when I got off Drag Race and then like started seeing more of the world and started seeing like more queer people and like just seeing all different things like started to become more realized and like, I do like this, I do like that. Or I've always liked this, but I never did it because of where I was or the circumstances. So I've just become more like, I guess, comfortable in the things I like and don't like and... It's not so much, when I first started doing drag, there's always that thing where it's like a persona. I feel like when you first start, that's like the whatever, and it's not really the case anymore. It's like two parts of the same person. One's just a little more loud than the other. Your makeup right now is fucking fantastic. Like, I think, yeah. You were like, you can get in drag, you don't have to, but then I was like, I feel like I should, but I said that to myself, an hour before this call. So I was like, okay, let's just put on like a little like 
let's just look like messy and fun. It's just, <laughs> no, it's, it's honestly like, it is so much fun. And I think that there's also like this big evolution between you on Drag Race to you now. I love that you are incorporating beard, stash and everything in it. I love that you're just being you. Like, it's just like, it comes off so well. Like, do you see that? Like, do you, do you like that now? I've never had a mustache. I've never had a beard in my life. Um, so until when quarantine happened, I like bearded drag and I like other people doing it. I guess I was always just like so used to shaving that I was like, oh, it's not for me. But then during quarantine and COVID and all these things, I was like, start playing around with it. Because I really like, even before Madam Madness got on Drag Race, I've always been like, I love her makeup and the way she incorporates her beard. And like, I love Lucy Stuhl and Pulp Friction and Blackberry and all these other amazing like bearded queens. I just never really did it myself. I don't know why, but like when I just started doing it during quarantine to be like, let's switch it up. I don't, I don't feel comfortable shaving my, my anxiety and my looks and gaining weight are a little bit shot while we're just at home. But I'm like, I kind of dig it. Not for everything, but I feel like because it's just an extension of me being like a, a gay or, queer weirdo like this drag that's kind of grungy or whatever it just makes sense and is cool for some things yeah i mean it makes a lot of sense and i think that just like looking at you now like i don't i don't know like i i would go out to a club just to see you like it's very like this whole realm of everything like it you just incorporated extremely well like when did you learn about your love makeup because you do makeup on other people too right I do. I am a makeup artist. I am mainly a makeup artist now on HBO. I'm going to plug it now since we're bringing it up. On HBO's We're Here, I do Bob's makeup and do Bob's drag uh, daughter's makeup. And it's really awesome. That is so cool. So are you, do you travel around a lot with the, with the show? Yes. I came in halfway through season one and now we are starting back on season two. So we're doing that, taking it, you know, with COVID things as we can. But yes. That is so cool. Like just knowing the behind the scenes aspect, because the people that are on We Are Here are normally like, you know, either people that are just coming into the drag scene that they, you know, it may be a family. It may be somebody like that who is not used to that, trying to do it for, you know, a daughter or a son and stuff. What is it like? working with people who have not necessarily experienced the drag world. It's a lot of fun and it's a lot of new territory. And it's not like a, it's the way I describe it. It's like, it is very like Priscilla queen of the desert and like a little bit of queer eye, but it's really not a makeover show. It's not like a, yes, honey, we're going to turn you out. It's going to be fierce. It's like, we are taking individual unique stories of people in really not great areas of the world and using the art of drag to help tell their story, find a new self-confidence, like put them in a different situation that makes them feel all that love and adrenaline that you get at a drag show. But because it's not like, we're just going to turn you out and make you look fierce. It's like we do a lot of like we've done bearded drag and drag kings and a lot of uh, trans people, people who want to be in high whore drag, subtle drag. They want beards painted on them, more androgynous. Like we really cover everything and really on Team Bob, we work a lot. Not the other teams also, but like I am, we're very much like different. We don't interact throughout until show day with all the other teams but when team bob like bob is really really great at tailoring someone's story and making like a fun drag number to really incorporate all the parts of them that they want to show do you get a more of a thrill of doing your own makeup or doing somebody else's I'm very happy to be doing this, especially at this point, because performing in bars and stuff like that, it gets a little exhausting. And um, this was like a nice switch up and a nice way for me to start doing something I've always wanted to do, but haven't really, you know, performing at bars was paying the rent. So I wasn't trying to get makeup gigs or do that. And then with COVID happening or different things, or sometimes, you know, new seasons come out and sometimes a season like literally like a time of the year is a little bit slow and it's more uh busy for like the newer girls which is totally fine but this is like cool i'm exercising different skill sets in a different way so i really enjoy that aspect of it for sure it's also really cool because that is like actually what you do like you know just just in general like you know 
doing drag and putting the face on, then you're applying that somewhere else. So you're still being creative. You're still having that like umph behind it. Um, looking at your career, how long had you been doing drag before RuPaul's Drag Race? Okay, so I've been performing in bars for 10 years and we filmed our season of Drag Race July of 2015. So I have been doing drag for four years? Does that sound right? Again. Yeah, that sounds about right because I I remember meeting you on the red carpet of the finale of season eight. You were in a purple wig. For the our finale, I wore a purple ponytail, a purple robe, and this like corset with purple baby heads and painted and graffitied. It sounded great in, in theory, and I guess I looked, I did look good that night, but I do, I look back on so much of my drag, even from like two years ago, and I'm like, ugh, like a little cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always like bad too, like when you look back on photos of yourself and you're like, Jesus, what in the world was I thinking? Like Abercrombie and Fitch, American Eagle, no fifth grader, what are you doing? I think it's a healthy thing to look back on yourself from years ago and be like, oh my God, that was trash. Like, I, I appreciate, I think drag in general, like, it should always be an evolution of some sort and some variety. So I think it's healthy to think I looked like a piece of shit a couple years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of drag, you end up on a little show called RuPaul's Drag Race, and you were on season eight. Oh my goodness, you were on the single digits. Single digits, 100th episode. How many times had you auditioned before? Was it just one? I auditioned three times. Okay. And then I had read that you met RuPaul before? Vaguely, yeah. There was like this little diner near my dorm room that I was at one time. I do not know why RuPaul was coming. But some some fags are like, RuPaul's coming to town. He's going to the Red Arrow Diner. And I'm like, well, I got to go. I don't even think I could have told you that the, that day... I was like, wait, why is she here? Why is she? I'm like, so she got, she like came over and she goes, I'm RuPaul, not Ron Paul. I'm not running for anything. I was like, okay. I mean, I still had fun, but looking back on it, I was like, I don't know what is happening. <laughs> wait, was she performing in a diner or did, was she eating? She just showed up out of drag, went into the diner. I don't know. I do not, I could not tell you. That is so bizarre. And you and yourself, wait, did you dress up in drag and go there? No, but I looked pretty questionably flamboyant back then out of drag. <laughs> I got to college and was like, that's it, mom. And I cut the tops off all my t-shirts and always had like off the shoulder and I had really ugly hair. I was just like, I'm not going to cut it. I'm only going to cut half of it. It was, oh, it was some choices were made. What inspired your punk aesthetic? Like, where did that come from? Um, so my drag, I have never been the kind of person who's been like, when I did anything theater, the few theater things I did, I was behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. I was never like a, I need to be on stage. I want to be like performing, performing. Um, in that capacity, like remembering lines and singing, like I'm, I can't sing, um, but I always wanted to be like a rock star. I really like that kind of energy. And so I think my drag just kind of funneled its way through that kind of aspect where it's like not really about the singing or the dancing or whatever. It's like about the general vibe I'm giving out. And I think that's what I've evolved into. And I've just always liked darker you know i was that kid who was like watched disney movies and was like yeah i like the villains not the princesses i just liked it just all was cool i could i couldn't tell you where it started because as a little little kid like when i was a tight preschool age i would always dress up as witches i was obsessed with witches loved witches could not tell you where any of that started it's just always just been a thing and and you you're rocking the uh, Jafar mustache right now. That's what I see on on oh, you. Oh, full. I mean, talk about faggot Jafar. Right? Are you Jafar kidding me? Jafar was. <laughs> you know, I like I read this whole conspiracy theory that the villains are all gay, and I believe it one hundred percent. Like, oh, they're all queer coded. Yeah, it, it makes so much sense. Let's talk about your actual time on Drag Race. Do you remember walking through that workroom door? Well, this subject will be a short, short talk. 
When I got on Drag Race, we were single-digit seasons. Matthew Anderson still did our promo pictures. Um, and we also were the last season on Logo. So things were very different than they are now. And also, when I was auditioning, the first time I auditioned, I was like, I work and I do drag. I love the show. Let's just audition. I'm not going to get on. I'm too young. Uh, but let's just like throw the, our hat in the ring. Why not? And then the second year, I was like, I have to get on this show because I hate going to school and I need something else to do. Didn't get on. And then the third year, I was like, well, I'm graduating. I'm moving back to my parents' house. I'm waiting tables. I like doing drag. I like the show. It's, it was much different than it is now. It's like a lot of people are so much more prepared. There's so much more to be expected. The standards are higher. The fame and notoriety is more guaranteed. I wasn't really going after that when I auditioned. I was just like, I do drag. I really like the show. Fuck it. Why not? Let's just like have fun. Obviously going into it, that's why I'm never like, I just like auditioned for fun. I didn't know how TV worked. I didn't know how any of this like reality shows, like I just was like, I like doing all this. Why not? Um, I was never trying to get like famous or anything. And I, that's why I partially like uh, with my time on Drag Race, when people are like, you were robbed. I was like, I was okay. I think, I think the cards fell how they fell and I'm not mad at what happened because I look back on it being like, who is that person? Literally, I'm like, that is, I do not know, completely different people. Looks, personality, interests, like everything. You walk into the workroom, you did have another, how many Chicago queens were on that season? Was it just Nasha and you? I was not in Chicago at the time. I didn't move oh, to Chicago. Really? Yeah, I didn't move to Chicago until after, I didn't move to Chicago until our season was completely over. And I think All, All Stars 2 was still going on when I moved here. Looking at your time on the show, you know, one thing that people always say, especially recently as the show has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, is that people are spending crazy amounts of money on their outfits and their costumes and their package. Like, it is crazy. Did you spend a lot of money on your outfits and stuff? Looking back on it, if I made it any further, I'd be like, what do you have to wear? I was like, really? I was like Chi-Chi level of stuff. I did not like really have, I bought a lot of like, I could only sew a bodysuit at the time. So I was like, oh, I'll just make a bodysuit when I get there. And I had a couple of things, a friend, I, I just did not understand my aesthetic or like, I knew a couple things I liked, but translating that into drag race, like the outfit I got sent home in, it's trash. It was trash when I got it. It was trash. Like, it, it was not for me. But I was like, well, I don't wear dresses. I have to wear a dress. So here's a dress. It's a pretty color. Like, I just didn't understand anything. I only brought flat, straight wigs. I just didn't really get it. I just didn't have as much knowledge or whatever. So I, I think I spent a lot of money just buying supplies, but I didn't, like, I did not break the bank getting like designers or anything. Like I, I did not have anything. I had like a couple nice outfits and a couple like drag leotards. In retrospect, I was like, I don't have that much. <laughs> I also, I'll say at the time there was less people working. Like it's very accessible to get like, there's so many people who make wigs. There's so many designers who make drag clothes. There are so many more, even though expensive, accessible things. And if you look back, like I was in New Hampshire and Boston area. Okay. The girls who like got a lot of fancy stuff on the show prior to that were like New York and LA girls. Cause they were in hot spots for like, not just drag, but like all kinds of like performance and shows and recordings and film and TV and all that stuff. And if you look back, like uh, Juju B, even Katya during her season and Jocelyn Fox, like the, look at the area that we are from. It's not an accessible area where there's like a lot of designers. So it's like they all kind of had basic outfits or like what they could find in stores around or make themselves. So it was, it was a different time. And like you said, it wasn't on VH1 yet. Like literally there wasn't a lip sync for your life yet or legacy, sorry. And you know, you, you guys were in just such a different headspace. You end up in the bottom two for the first episode and you perform applause by Lady Gaga. That did happen. That did happen. You know, do you, <laughs> what do you think? Have you watched that back recently? I don't really like to watch myself. I think I watched that one a, a couple times. That first episode, I was like, okay, I get it. 
Um, I'd like to say on this topic, everyone loves to say that I went home first because Nasha came back. I would like to reiterate that Nasha's face was on the pork chop lounge for everyone who went home first this past season. So I just want to point that out. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> oh, sorry, bad cough. <laughs> oh, 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 but 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 I mean, it's true that pork chop lounge. Yeah. So when we were doing the like critiques, I did, I do not, I did not get how reality TV worked. I genuinely didn't. So like, also, um, I went to art school. So we just sit around getting critiqued every friggin' goddamn day, and it's so boring. So when they like, they pull up the photo of me like squatting like a potato in front of all the winners, and they're like, "So Layla, what do you think of this picture? It's not really great." And I looked at it, I go, "Yeah, it's terrible. But it is not great." I don't, I don't think. They liked that I rolled with the punches. Like I felt like almost like they wanted me to be like, oh my God, my outfit is so good. I can't believe they don't like it or whatever. But when Michelle's like, there's not a lot going on at the bottom, I'm like, yeah, there really isn't. I just kind of had time for the top. <laughs> <laughs> so you you get past the first episode. Nasha Lopez does go home first. And then the second episode comes around. And girl, you end up in the bottom two to this song that I would die at, I Will Survive by Gloria Gaynor. You're with Dax. I know that I had read that when you were in Untucked, you Bob was telling you to perform it some way. Is that correct? Yeah, Bob was helping me, telling me I should open my skirt. And Bob, Bob is, I love, Bob is probably my closest friend from the season. And Aww. always so, like, she's just so supportive of other people. But, like, she was like, girl, you should really sell it like this. Use your skirt. I got too nervous. That performance I've watched once because someone said, wow, you know, she didn't know the words. I go, I know the words. I just am having a full-on anxiety attack while I'm performing. So it's not a good performance because I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I feel so shitty that I was like, I just don't know. I was like, my feet hurt, my out, I feel ugly. I was just like, ugh. So yeah, Bob did help me in Untucked a little. Did it translate? Absolutely not. (laughs) So Rue sends you guys both home. Did you expect that to happen? No, I did not. So you were shooketh. I didn't know who was going to hit it because I was so nervous, but I didn't, I did not, you know, I wasn't expecting a double elimination. And when it happened in my head, I was like, yeah, why wouldn't it have? <laughs> like, damn. It's so funny with you talking about this because you seem like you're actually content with how everything went over in the way of like, oh, no, you I was miserable. Now- <laughs> well, well, you were miserable then, but now looking back on it, you realize like you've grown a lot, you know? I also, I went there, was like, I'm going to have fun. Who knows? And then I got there and was like, oh, filming this is different. Not in a bad way. I just was new to it. I didn't understand it. So I was very anxious. And then I got the boot and was like, oh, damn, that really sucks. And then for those six months between it filming and it airing, I just sat basically a version of how quarantine's been, sitting around being like, you're shit. No one's going to fucking like you. This is going to be shit. Everyone's going to be, you're going to be a joke. Everyone's going to be embarrassed by you. And then when we had the opportunity, we were also the last season to do a premiere tour. So we went to five different cities and I was like, they haven't seen the show yet. So I'm going to do my best. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to do the numbers that I like to do. And I honestly was like, I don't think I was like, I'm never going to get booked locally anymore. I am. I will probably end up with maybe 15,000 followers on Instagram. If that on, I'm going to be a joke and I'm not going to do anything. And then when it turned out that that wasn't happening, I was like, well, I'm just going to have fun. And I ended up going everywhere and doing everything and trying to put my best foot forward. I forget what the initial question was. Oh, I just, it's, I, I, I don't look back. Like it was miserable and weird at the time. And I got in my head, but then I'm also like, well, that's how it went. So what am I going to do? Am I going to sit around telling, telling people, you're right, I was robbed. I'm going to be like, no, I'm just, I'm really pretty and fun. So I'm just going to keep doing that. And if people want to tune in, they can or they can't. And they have been. So it's been really cool. I, I absolutely love that. And I love too that you, you've had a really good support and fandom behind you ever since your elimination. Do you, what, what do you think is the coolest thing about the fans that you have gained? I feel like I have a lot of like fans that actually are interested in me. Like, I feel like I don't have like, I feel like I have a lot of fans that are actually fans of the work I do rather than they were fans of Drag Race. So they follow me just because I was on 
and drag race. I feel like at this point, the people who do follow me and send me accolades and are really nice, I feel like have been with me for a while now. And I've done so much since the show. And I've like, I traveled a lot. I like, I was very surprised, like going home as soon as I did, I was one of the girls during our year of tour, like our our reigning year of our season that probably traveled the most comparatively to like a lot of them. So it was just like really cool. Reviews. They are everything, whether it be a podcast review, food review, any time that you can read what another person's experience is, you kind of feel like, hey, you know what? Like, I understand where you're coming from. It can help you make some of the biggest decisions that you have to make in your life. And when it comes to finding healthcare, ratings matter even more. And that's where ZocDoc comes in. ZocDoc is an app where you can compare doctors by their ratings and read reviews from real patients. So you can find and book highly rated local doctors. It has been so eye-opening just to be able to see where I'm going to go before I actually go there. Because I normally have always dreaded going to the doctor before I ended up using ZocDoc. So just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or by video chat. You never have to wait on hold with a receptionist again because nobody likes the hold music. Whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com slash exposed and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to see a doctor. So now is your time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash exposed. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash exposed and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's zocdoc.com slash exposed. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. You have been doing a lot of jackets and stuff that I am absolutely addicted to. I think it's so cool. Like, where did that inspiration come from in, like, designing something now? So... I, I knew how to sew a little bit when I went on Drag Race. Like I said, I could make the bodysuits and whatever, like nothing crazy. But then um, really this still goes back to like, after I got on Drag Race, I took every opportunity I could to travel and meet people and experience other queer places. I didn't really know what it meant to be queer until I traveled around. And I took every opportunity and made some amazing friends and mentors who really like helped me do things. And I started my friend my really good friend Dallas the lady Hyde has helped me so so much and learned so much over the years and I really enjoy it and I just love jackets I love wearing them and have been progressively like as I learn how to sew I start making things for out of drag clothes and then I was like just during quarantine I was like I sold a couple like one-offs that I made and there's like a really good response so I was like I should keep doing this it's a lot to do in my apartment by myself so that's why they're like small quantities Mm -hmm. but like it just kind of happened and it kind of also goes back to what i was saying about like doing makeup on we're here like i'm really glad to be doing these other things that are still in my skill set that are just cool or improving on other skills i have or working on different areas that are not just like me like throwing my body on bar floors every night you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we all love throwing our, our body on bar floors and I, I'm waiting for oh, that to I happen miss again. It. Like it needs I miss right? it. You wait, wait, did you ever find the jacket that got lost with Crystal Method? Bitch, no. what a f- what a travesty. It was so cool. The whole time I'm making it, I'm like, I can't believe I have to give this to someone else. <laughs> And then it turns out Crystal didn't even get it. <laughs> it's so sad, especially like because it, it looked beautiful. And I was like, Jesus, like. I was in my feels for a moment. It's a bummer. I'll make Crystal another jacket when we're done filming. We're here and I have time. But like, 
I was in my feels for a moment. I get in my feels about stupid things and I really try not to go on Twitter because I like after this whole year, my mental state is a fragile, fragile, fragile thing. So staying on the internet is like something I'm trying not to do. But like on Twitter when I was like, hey guys, I'm not looking for attention. Just please, if you see someone ever wearing a piece of this jacket, rip it off them, give it back. I, it is stolen. I know it's a cute jacket. I'm not trying to be here for like to get accolades. I'm just please. It's MIA. And I was like, I was blocking people left and right for just being like, oh my God, sickening. I want one. Are you on All Stars? I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I'm in my feels. I also, speaking about being in my feels, I realized after Cheryl Hole, love Cheryl Hole, I realized after she got on Drag Race, I went to go look her up on Twitter and it said I had her blocked. I was like, what did she do? What did I do that I had Cheryl blocked? I was like, oh my God. Cut to this year. I'm looking through an old chat trying to find a meme of a friend. I found screenshots from years ago of Cheryl Hole. She tweeted, Mr. Brightside is the worst song ever made facts or facts or whatever. And I blocked her because of that. And I blocked everyone in the Stop comments it. who agreed with it. <laughs> because I was in a mood. <laughs> you were like, nobody talks about that song. That is absolutely hilarious. Chaos. Poor Cheryl Hole. Did you unblock her? <laughs> oh, of course, I love her. She's fantastic. <laughs> I, stand by, I stand by my original sentiment though. She's wrong. <laughs> Uh, we have a fan question for you. This is from G.J. Bearclaw. Uh, they say... Oh, her? Yeah, oh, her. You know, just that, that random name. <laughs> As clearly one of the best visual artists ever, under-showcased on RuPaul's Drag Race, how was your experience with the show, and how did you deal with um, WOW affecting your art, creativity, and self-expression? Um, I don't think WoW did anything to negatively impact me. I mean, like, I honestly, the, the way reality TV is filmed, it's not that WoW is shady or editing or producing. Bitch, that happens every show. And with reality shows, it's just a little bit more intense because it's a different than, like, like when we film We're Here. It's docu-series style. There's interviews and stuff like that, but it's not reality it's not scripted, but that's just how TV works. And I went into it so young, not knowing anything. Um, so I just didn't get how it works. So I was thrown through a loop of the style of how things are filmed, the waiting, you know, getting ready to wait and the long pauses. Because also I was an avid, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Drag Race. That's why I wanted to go on the show because it, it's fun. And the things that happen in post-production, the little noises, the little sound effects, the little like music, the track, you don't realize if you've never worked in TV before and you're a, non, a young, naive person, when you go in to film it, those things aren't there when things are filmed. So it's a lot of awkward things and it's not a detriment to wow. I just did not understand that. So I was never like, and I didn't do a good job. I didn't take chances. I thought about it too much and not enough. I was too quiet. Again, I was a completely different person. So different. Like I remember for the bitch perfect number, I'll always regret when we were picking parts, I was like, uh-oh, I've branded myself as gothy. So I really need to be like prim and proper and pretty. And I forget what one of the the challenge producer or whatever, when they explained the challenge to us, I was like, oh no, I feel like I, I can't be rough around the edges. I need to just look pretty and perfect to show how different I am, which what the fuck. And so I was, they were like, Layla, you should do the Robbie's, the one Robbie got with the deep voice. I was like, I don't know if the judges will like that. That's like, I didn't think of it as funny. And then I also, at the end of the number, I wanted to rip my shirt open and pop all my buttons like Fat Amy. But then I don't know if someone said something where I was like, well, are they going to hate that? Because it's like, I was just in my head. So like World of Wonder, see, I keep going off on tangents. But, but no, you're you're telling parts of, of like the story and I love it because it's funny because you start on one thing and then it triggers like this other thing and I like I'm learning so much more. So what I just learned from all of that conversation is that you were sitting at the work table waiting for the shade button to be hit multiple times and to hear the sound. Of <laughs> 
It, it's just certain things. Like, it's just, I just didn't know. And when we got out, World of Wonder did not do anything to be like, no, you can't do this. You can't do that. I don't know what the deal with the contracts is now. I know there's a lot of people talking about it. I do not know what the qualifications, I do not know what World of Wonder owns, what the girls can and can't say. We are from so long ago. Um, it wasn't an issue. WoW never like held me back creatively. They had me on a bunch of World of Wonder shows. I was on their a lot of YouTube things. Like they've always been pretty nice to me. So um, I've been able to do whatever I want. I've gone everywhere doing whatever the hell I want. So yeah, anything anything that I'm not getting done is purely on my <laughs> own accord and being a- absolutely lazy. I don't post uh, YouTube videos because World of Wonder says, bitch, you can't post shit. I don't post them because I hate editing things and I'm lazy. G.J. Bearclaw, Layla McQueen's response is, is that it was not while doing it. It's just that she was lazy that day. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> In all, all the days. <laughs> Um, you, you ended up, you also, you know, got to, you said that WoW has been like keeping you around and they did keep you around, especially for like celebrity secret drag race that, you know, you were on a little clip on the internet, not in real life. It made me sad. Um, how, how was that experience and actually doing the celebrities makeup? Because I think that was one thing I didn't know until I researched more is that like you would swoop in, right. And then do other people's makeup. Is that what it was? Yeah, I don't know how much I'm supposed to talk about this, but yeah, we, me, Mayhem, and Chanel did the celebrities' makeup. It was fun. Like, I, also, they, I was not, when I got asked to do that, we were hired not, like, we were not like, hey, you're going to be on camera. Like, no one really knew what was going on until we got there, but we were hired as behind-scene makeup artists initially. To be totally honest, that was, like, my first, like, real makeup Really. Gig. I didn't want to say that to them there. Like I've painted friends before, but like I've just always just done makeup on myself. I've never worked at Mac or Sephora or a counter or anything like that. Um, so it was like my first makeup gig and it was fun. The celebrity, the celebrities we had, like I'm a huge fan of Shit's oh, Creek. Yes. So like when we heard that Dustin was going to be there, I was like, I will fight the two of you. I'm painting Dustin. It is happening. I am putting Ted in Layla drag. You fight me. I didn't have to fight anyone. But he was like, it was so fun because he's like a fan of the show. When I came into the workroom, he was like, I was like, hey, I'm, he goes, oh my God, you're Layla. I'm like, you reckon you know me? I was like, that was kind of a gag. And he was super nice and down for everything. And it was just fun. There was no pressure. It was just like a good time. I had a very fun time on Celebrity Drag Race. And I've never really worked with Chanel or Mayhem. And also working at a bar is very different than us being on set in our, our little cluster every day. And I got along with them really well. It was really, it was a really fun time. Were, were those episodes shot in just a day or was it like a couple of days span? I think it took two days to film one episode. I, I, think two, I think we were there for like two weeks or a week and a half or something. I think, I think they blocked out for two weeks and I think there was a break between episodes and when I want to say it took two days per episode. There was four. Yeah. yeah. Compared to Drag Race when your time on there, is that normally like a two to three day process per episode or is that longer for episode? So when I was on Drag Race, things were a little different. Like for the like boy interview or like talking head confessional moments, uh, every other season has mainly done them, I think at the end of every day. Mm-hmm. And on our season, they switched it up. So we did all of our confessions for the entire week just on Saturdays, which I wasn't there long enough for it to be a huge hurdle. But each episode would take like two days about. I think some of the, I think some of the ones towards the end are three. I always think it's so funny when people are like, oh, like, you know, like a couple of weeks ago. And I'm like, no, you mean three days ago? What are we talking about? Because yeah, well, con- continuity, continuity. <laughs> are you ready for a little game? I'm ready for whatever. I'm here to have fun, my Wi-Fi permitting, you know? <laughs> now, Layla, the game is called Laid with Layla, where I will list off contestants from Drag Race, and you will have to say if you would kiki with them in the bedroom. Oh my God, you pervert. Oh, well, too bad. We're starting it off. You have to say if you will, you can just say laid or no. Detox. Kind of already before. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, what does what kind of mean? 
I think it was just like she licked my butt a little bit, like before I got on okay. Drag Race. Hey, I loved I love Detox. She lives in Chicago. She's one of the few friends I've gotten to see over uh, this past like COVID year. Love Detox. Detox is amazing. Love that. Miss Denali, you were in her Chicago Excellence video. I was, and you're right. I did look stunning did. in that. Thank you for bringing it <laughs> you up. Did. You did look great. I was like, I did like a backtrack because I was watching it and I was like, oh shit, there she is. Like, it can look good. I don't know if this is going to be a fun game for you. Like, Denali has a great butt, but I just don't uh, envision having sex with my sister. That's fine. <laughs> Vanessa Vanji Mateo. No. Alaska Thunderfuck. No. Nasha Lopez. No. Bob the Drag Queen. No. Derek Barry. It's absolutely not. Pearl. <laughs> I, I do not want to sleep with any other Drag Race sisters. <laughs> I just don't. It's some of the some of them are hot. Some of them, the nudes that have leaked, they have good bits and pieces. I just like there's something about what like is what is your sisters. type? What is your type? Um, I don't have a specific type. I really like guys that are nice mm-hmm. to me. Like, I, I, I am not like the, yeah, I love a bad boy, hard to get. I'm like, no, I like someone who's really nice. Like, everyone talks about hot and nice. Like, everyone talks about how hot Jamal Sims is, which is purely factual. He is a gorgeous man, but he is also so nice, mm-hmm. which makes him even hotter. Like, I, so good. <laughs> <laughs> you said you said no to the whole game. So, uh, Laid with Layla is nobody came through. Looking at your time after Drag Race, what has been the highlight of your career after? I'm very glad that I was a couple things. That things did not turn out nearly as bad as I imagined in my head. I am very grateful that I got to travel so much and make a living off of this for quite a quite a while and to be able to move to a queer city that is really cool. I'm just happy I got to work and travel and do really awesome things. Like I was the first RuPaul's Drag Race girl to ever perform in Wellington, New Zealand, which felt really cool. And they put my face on a bus oh. and I'll always just be gagged by that. I know some girls like do a lot of things and are, some girls are real famous now, but I still am like, that is cool for me. Going from someone who's like, I'm doing this just for fun to then going to like, you're never going to do n- anything. Everything's going to be shit. And then to be headlining as the first person to be in a, a completely different country. I was like, that's cool. That's really cool. I'll always be proud of I'll always be proud of and that. And your face on a bus. Ugh. Like, that's, it's just cool. I want my face on a bus with like the muffler coming out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> since this is exposed and since, you know, why not expose something? What is something that happened on the show, whether it be something funny, a behind the scenes moment, stressful, or anything like that, that didn't make it to air? Was there anything that you were happy with, sad with, scared about that, you know, was a fun moment? There's just like a couple funny moments. Like the first day we shot after we all met each other, the power went out. And so we had to keep going to different like studio, like places in the lot. And so I remember we were sitting outside and I was just talking to Thorgy. I was like, girl, what'd you bring for Madonna? And she was like, bitch, you're going to gag. I brought a kimono. (laughs) Nothing really matters. And I was like, oh my God, so did I. I brought other stuff, but also so did I. And then Derek was like, are you guys talking about kimonos? And then Naomi was like, I also brought a kimono. And then Nisha pops out of nowhere and is like, Mary, are we talking Madonna kimonos? And I'm like, this is insane. I guess it's not really like TT, mm-hmm. but like that was just funny to me that if you could just picture Thorgy being like, <gasps> while she's painting her nails red with a Crayola marker, because she's like, oh, I forgot to paint my nails. Should I just do it now? All I have is this red marker. I'm like, where'd you even get that? Um, those are all funny moments to me. Like I, I missed those little moments. Like I first decided I really liked Bob, uh, just the way her attitude is. But after we did our first talking head confessionals, she came in, she goes, she just told us all of us. Like, I feel like most girls are like, Oh yeah. Uh huh. We filmed whatever you'll see when it airs. Bob came in the first time and goes, yeah, Layla, I said you were really nice, but I hated your shoes and your hair looked like (laughs) shit. And just the way she said it, I was like, Oh, I like you. I appreciate that. Also, 
Chi Chi was the funniest person when Cam- she was the funniest person ever. But like, there was moments when the cameras went down where it's like the food we got. I I was not a fan of the food, and Chi Chi's big into like soul food. And so like, there was one moment where we we're having lunch, and none of us were, were not supposed to talk during lunch, and we got for like tender greens or some one of those LA you know lettuce restaurants <laughs> and. We're just all kind of sitting in silence and she just goes, y'all, my my salad tastes like perfume. And just kind of looks <laughs> around. And she, she did, she had so many moments like that, that like those obviously didn't make it to air because they weren't recording. But I was like, I love moments like that. I don't know if I really have anything to expose. I wasn't there for that long, but I look back on like those cute little moments very fondly. I mean, that that's so awesome. I think it's so funny, too, that, like, it was, like, the first day and the power ends up going out. And then that's when you learn about kimonos for the first time. Also, what was in the actual sheet that you got? Did it say, please wear a kimono? Like, why were there so many kimonos, do you think? We all had the same idea. I brought, so I brought a kimono. I also brought... Um, like a virgin. I also brought just like regular standard 80s Madonna, like basically this without the mustache and like a mesh top. Um, And I also brought the bullfighter outfit from Rebel Heart. I was like, I'll bring options because I was like, people are probably, I I wanted to do like a virgin, but I was like, that was my first choice because I've done it before. I think it's fun and flirty. And I was like, everyone's going to do this. Everyone's going to do this in cone bra. And so I was just watching Madonna videos. I was like, oh, I had these red shoes that were like those like Gaga heelless heels. I was like, oh, I have the shoes. Maybe I should just make a kimono. It'll be like pretty easy. It'll be different from the things I'm already bringing. I was like, okay. And maybe no one will be doing it. We all had the same thought. I will say though, okay, here's some, here's some tea. <laughs> Nasha. They were not planning on bringing her back. They flew her home, and then me and Dax fucking bombed that ship that they're like, can we get the Continental girl back here, please? No shade. That's whatever. I, we did bad. That's fine. I stand by. Uh, I don't, it happened. I was, because we filmed confessionals on Saturdays, they were still filming episodes, and we got sent home on, like, a Tuesday. So we were, we were there up until Cynthia got eliminated. Wow. Like, fully. So, like, Bob would write what happened during the day on a piece of paper and slide it under my door. And Bob would let me know everything that happened every day. Uh, But they didn't know Nasha was coming back. They genuinely didn't. And it wasn't until like, I I would always try to like get people, I was so bored and alone. I would always try to get the PAs to come like help me with something or talk to me about a TV show. So like, while everyone's slipping notes under their door going, can I please get this food? I'm like, did anyone just watch what happened on whatever, on Ink Masters or whatever? Like, (laughs) I was just looking for conversation. So I had all these ridiculous notes under my door. And when everyone got back from set one day, like the day before I left, they knocked on my door and I opened it and it was the whole cast. They're like, bitch, we knew this was your door. And they like came to all hug me and say hello, even though that's not supposed to happen. And then Nasha kind of popped up and was like, Mary. And I was like, you're back. She's like, yeah, bitch, they just flew me back. They brought me back. I was like, oh, good for you, girl. Damn. And then she like asked me if she could borrow my shoes for the kimono runway. And I ignored her note and cried because I was sad that they brought her back. <laughs> that first day I was like she was like Mary can I borrow your Madonna shoes I was like yeah let me look for them and I was like I'm not giving her these shoes I hate this (laughs) what was Chicago drag like when you ended up moving like what what has Chicago been like drag wise Chicago is so supportive of like all different kinds of drag like it really is like to me the widest variety of drag happens in Chicago it's a lot of like really cool art stuff like a really cool artsy backgrounds and then um well there's like that there's a saying that la is filled with failed actors uh new york is filled with failed broadway stars and then chicago is failed artists and i just that just feels appropriate (laughs) for my lifestyle but chicago (laughs) chicago is a big part of me realizing who i am and influencing the numbers i do now and like I used to like, I love emo pop punk music so much. And I feel like for a while I was like, ooh, it's a guilty pleasure. I'm like, bitch, why do I feel guilty about this? So I started to dip my toe into performing it 
in Chicago, bitch, they ate that shit up. I was like, oh, y'all are yes. y'all are fully supportive of such idiotic things. And it's just a really great, diverse queer community here. There's so many different types of drag and art and really awesome stuff. I love that you said that you're performing emo music and that you like dipped your toe in the water because the one thing, if I ever were to do drag, I said my whole persona would just be doing Enya songs because oh I God. feel like <laughs> nobody has ever done that and do them like in a comedic way. Like, why the fuck not? Like, Chicago, stick your toe. Bob loves it. When me and Bob talk about it, Bob says that he always describes Chicago drag as like the numbers are like, get it? Do you get it? <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, there's this one performer here, Auntie Chan. She uh, she's, does oh, yeah. love her. Her numbers, whenever I'm p- telling people about stupid Chicago drag numbers that are so good, I always go to her numbers because she does ridiculous ones. She did, like, um, she did buttons by the Pussycat Dolls, but dressed as a f- giant snack vending machine. She does shit like that all the time. She did Venus, like Gaga's Venus, mm-hmm. and came dressed in like all floral, roby, like very of the like Venus Aphrodite look. And because she has a gap in her tooth, she had a giant bowl with flowers all over it. And for the chorus, she would take a giant swig of water and stand still with this bowl and just have a stream from the gap in her tooth for the chorus. Oh my God. There's also this one performer, Arigato, and she did Beyonce's Love on Top for one one night. And literally just right away when it goes, bring the beat in, a person walks on stage with a giant beat on their head. And that was her back <laughs> that was her backup dancer. That is like the kind of shit I live for. It's so good. People lose it over things like that. When the crowd like kind of sits there for a second and then goes, oh my God. It's that is so cool. Like that's that's what I need to see. I need to get to Chicago ASAP because that is like, that's my speed. What do you think the biggest misconception of Layla McQueen is? Biggest misconception? Um I feel like some people are like always surprised when I do something cool or like, I feel like, like I said earlier, there's the people who really follow me and really pay attention to what I do. And then there's like fans of drag race as of like lately, like fans of the franchise rather than fans of drag in general. So I think misconceptions lay within more so the fans of um, the show and base all their opinions off of what happens on the show and placement and things like that. So I think there's a lot of misconceptions or like when people are surprised that I like do cool makeup or I do other things or like I'm not the same person I was six years ago. I think there's that kind of a misconception. Uh, like I said earlier, I try to stay off of like, I've never gone on Reddit. I try not to go on things like that. So I don't know what the biggest misconception would be. You mean to tell me that you've never been to the Reddit that is RuPaul Drag Race Gone Wild and I don't go on Reddit. all over there? I real I really just like okay, we're not we can't touch that. I'll go down like a even Twitter for me is like a should I delete this <laughs> after this year? It does get extremely difficult and I will say that there will be my boyfriend yells at me all the time. He'll be like, you can, like, please watch what you put on Twitter. He's like, everybody always gets to get, watch, watch, watch. And I'm like, it is so hard because I always just want to voice my opinion. I want to say something. But, you know, an opinion is going to rouse somebody up somewhere, you know? Like, so at the end of the day, I'm always like, oh, it's- the people people like to go off on Twitter. People really like to be in on a, a fight. Like pedestrians love to chime in, and so I'm like, you know what? I don't think I I don't think I love that. Yes. Th- that that I mean, people people are saying that Mr. Brightside is show a hole into the chat, it, you know, and then got and then got muted by the host. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you want people to remember you by? Like, what do, you, what do you hope when you perform at a show or your time on Drag Race or your makeup or your skills, what do you want people to know you by? I've always pride my drag on maybe not being perfect or, you know, I'm not a, you know, a singer, dancer. I can sew. I do makeup really well. Like, I do, I am good at drag, but if anything, I really try to 
make my experience in drag with other people a good time. Like if anyone takes anything is that they had a really fun time, honestly. I used to work at a strip club, not dancing at a strip club, but like in college, I used to work at this little store inside of a strip club, like near the champagne room. So I sold like thongs <laughs> and shoes and sex toys and things like that. And I would work there for a little bit and then hang out at the bar and watch how the girls operated. And the girls who like, there's obviously the ones who know how to work a person over and are like very like social, but in terms of like, performing on stage the girls who did songs that they liked songs that the guys liked rock music things that were like not just like okay everyone loves top 40 i have to do top 40 like the people who had fun uh on stage the people watching them had fun watching them and i always kind of have abide by that and like that's why i like to do a lot of songs that are like throwback songs or sing-along songs or like when you're drunk in a nightclub you might not listen to the song all the time but when it comes on these speakers you know every word it's just like i just like creating a fun good time atmosphere where everyone can like have fun and i look stunning while i do it so i i love this confidence jesus you weren't confident in in your season but that confidence has grown i'm telling you i was a completely different person i didn't know shit about anything you you divulged to me that um you missed oh you were going to be Teresa caputo or um you said betsy johnson or courtney love for snatch yeah which also options i was like what am i gonna do with these i'm not saying who i would do again just in case i ever go back i don't want to like would you would you go back for an all-stars the timing was right yes i think i've always said yes i'll go back i get kind of annoyed people really as of lately kind of like bombard me with that so i've appreciated you not asking that until i really brought it up yeah, I feel like a lot of fans lately really, really, um, which in their defense, they see how much I've grown. So they like want me back. But at a certain point until it happens, we need to like chill out. And I feel like my work should be appreciated for my work as separately, not like a this is good. You should be an all stars because this is good. Like it can just be yeah. good on its own. With that said, yes, I'll go back. If they ask me and if I'm in a okay mental place, this year kind of done fucked up you know, some things mentally. So financially, mentally, yeah. if I am, if they call me and I am feeling like I could have fun with it rather than, you know, be, I don't want to go on and be just as anxious and wild as I was last time because yeah. of how things have gone this year or so forth. So if I'm ever, if, it, if the stars align, they do. If they don't, I'm still going to be doing fun stuff like this with horrible Wi-Fi, you know? <laughs> And, and what's next for you? What do you have down the pipeline for the rest of this year? People are really liking the jackets I'm doing. Um, I'm hoping now that the world's opening again, I want to start painting more people. Like before COVID happened, um, Roscoe's in Chicago brings a lot of the dolls here for viewing parties and sometimes for like two nights. So I really want to start a series where I do makeup on like my other Drag Race sisters and other people. Stop, that would be amazing. It would be so cool. I really want to, I want to work on these other areas of things that I do. So I do mm -hmm. want to create more jackets. I want to make more things to sell. Um, I want to do makeup on other people, you know, COVID permitting, things like that. Um, as of right now, We're Here is taking vast major, uh, like priority in my life. It is, mm -hmm. I'm so, I love working on We're Here. I love the cast, the crew, everyone. I love what we do. I love working with Bob. It's a really great time. So as of right now, that's that's what's up. That's what's up. If bars open up, performing happens, if All Stars happens, if something happens, I'm here to roll with the punches, all permitting. But as of now, I'm enjoying just like getting in drag and taking fun pictures and then working on We're Here doing makeup. When your jackets go back up and when you put them up, I'm going to have to get one. I'm they sold out so, to purchase, they sold purchase out so fast. I was like, so I was kind of, I was kind of surprised. I was kind of surprised and very, very grateful. I want the, the goal was to make like a lot more, but I also make them out of like as much recycled materials as I can. So it was mm -hmm. like 30 pairs of extra wide jeans that I was bleaching and dyeing and carefully taking apart. I was like, this is a lot. And I, Thought I got enough to make like 20 pairs. I was like, mm, girl, you have enough for 10. So we'll just do a, a <laughs> we'll just do 10. 
You 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 have enough for a pocket square. <laughs> Seriously, I spent a I spent a week. My knuckles are completely bloody, and I'm like, okay, so we can make a a bangle. Thank you so much for being here, Layla. Where can everybody find you on the social? On the socials, I'm on Instagram at Miss Layla McQueen. M I S S L A I L A McQueen. You know how to spell that. <laughs> I'm on Twitter for now under just Layla McQueen. Um, but also I started a design page that I post all the jackets and things that I make. Um, it's called Devlin's in the details, D E V L I N S in the details. It's like my last, my government last name is Devlin and you know, it kind of sounds like devil devils in the details. Uh, so Ooh, so yes. clever, so clever and so oh, not oh. easy for people to spell when you say it out loud. <laughs> In true drag queen fashion, we're trying to be cute and make it difficult for everyone. <laughs> yes. I mean, how how else would you do that? You know, like Layla, L-A-Y-L-A, right? You know, there's no I, right? You're so hateful. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a bitch. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Layla. And uh, until next time, I'm Joseph Shepard. I'll see you guys Thanks later. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Exposed Dragged Out, brought to you by The Dip. I'm Joseph Shepard, your host. You can follow me on all things social at Joseph A. Shepard. That's S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. You can also go to thedip.com slash RuPaul's Drag Race to read the full interview and head over to thedipwith2ps.com. That's thedip with two piece.com. Use promo code expose for 50% off your membership. And be sure to check out other podcasts from the dip, including Hot Off the Mess with Samantha Bush, the Daily Pop Culture Podcast, Pop Chaser, TV History Podcast, TV Watch Repeat, Real Housewives Podcast, the Slut Pick Podcast, and also I Am the Cute One, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen Podcast. Until next time, I'm Joseph Shepard. Expose yourself. Ooh. Show them what you're all about. You're right.